Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. Bill, we're saying that the product of social media is harmful to young people under the age of 16. There are benefits too. Um, it, it, many members throughout this process have shared a great connection that they made online or some solace that they received in an online community. But we're saying that the harms outweigh the good when it comes to the product of social media. This is the sponsor of HB1, one of the co-sponsors of HB1. Uh, this is Fiona McFarland explaining that in response to some of the testimony that came up the other day about, and this is, by the way, this is going to be on third reading today, so the House is on the verge of passing this thing, which doesn't surprise me, but, you know, here we go. This is in the committee hearing, and basically people had shown up to talk about how, yes, we know social media has problems, but social media is also really, really important to an awful lot of us. And she said, no, it's a massive net harm to kids, especially to women, and, you know, even the people who want to keep it because, for example, there are child influencers or teenage influencers who, you know, are making a pretty good income off of social media, even they experience harm and we need to protect them even from what they're doing to make money. When it comes to young influencers, I care about their mental health, too. Uh, there are very prominent social media influencers that I don't want to bring their name into this committee without their permission, but there are young social media influencers who have uh, very publicly shared their battles with mental health as a result of their very public online persona. I want to protect uh, their mental health as well. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, look, imagine that <laughs> it's not the same, but imagine that you had a, a totally open opportunity for underage people to you know, take off their clothes for money. Okay. Just imagine that world. Thank God we don't have it. And you came along, you said, no, we're going to make this. So you have to be 18, but I'm making so much money at it. Yeah. But we need to protect you from this horrible thing that we've allowed you to do for all this, all these years. Okay. Uh, you know, I, like it's harmful. <laughs> In fact, the speaker put out this whole video of all of the different evidence slash perspective in order to promote this bill, a two minute long kind of montage of news reports on all the harms of social media. Now, on the other hand, you have to be willing to look at, okay, what are the things that people are saying in defense? Tyler Thigpen showed as a testimony in the, in the, uh, on the bill. At 14 years old during COVID-19, I started my own business, Plant King USA, an online house plant company. I started this business with $5. I grew up in a single parent household parent who works full-time, who was never able to help me in those kind of ways. This changed my life. Starting this business and using social media to get my business out there, which is completely online, brought me to a place that allowed me to pay for my own private school tuition as a high school senior now, and has provided me opportunities to work with nonprofits across the community. Today, I've written over $200,000 in grants for nonprofits, and I'm only 18 years old. 
But I learned about all this writing my first $1,000 grant at 14 because of a nonprofit that I found in my community on social media. This is about my generation. I mean, that's fantastic, right? Or so it seems. And you have to accept that there are going to be good things lost by banning kids off of social media. The question is not, will anything, well, the question is not, is there anything good on social media that kids are going to lose if we ban them from it? The question is, how much good, how much bad? And the bad is overwhelming because I guarantee you for every kid who started a business online and did amazing things with it, you have what? 50, 100, 1,000, 10,000 kids who got bullied, considered taking their lives, got into uh, traffic. I mean, it's not going to be 10,000 for that, but, you know, it's, it's going to be a lot. you got people who got eating disorders because of it. You've got people who did try to kill themselves because of it. I mean, <laughs> yes, Taylor, it's great for you. It's really, really not great for millions of other kids. And that's the problem. Now, to their credit, uh, Colder Childs, the public policy manager for Meta Southeast, shows up and says, we believe in parental rights. (laughs) Okay, go on. A survey by Pew Research found that 81% of adults support requiring parental approval for teens to create a social media account. And at Meta, we believe parents should have the ability to ensure teens are not accessing adult content or apps they're simply not comfortable with. And one of our primary concerns with HP1, as currently drafted, is that rather than empowering parents to decide what apps their teen is or is not ready to use, this bill takes that decision-making authority away. Colder, let me explain something to you. It's not about what the kids think they're ready for, because every kid thinks they're ready for everything as soon as they want it, whether it's alcohol or driving, or gambling, or sex, or anything else. And we tell them, no, not until these ages, or no, not until under these circumstances. And it's not about just adult content. Um, Protecting kids from pornography is like just following the law. This is about all the other stuff. And as I've said so many times, it's not about the content of the page. I mean, that's true. It is about what is content. But it's about the thing itself. Creating addiction, creating comparisons, creating a a mindset. <laughs> Listen, bullying and brand names existed before, but um, like I even think of something like the Stanley Cup nonsense. <laughs> you know, oh look at the Stanley Cups. They, she's got them. We don't. We're gonna. I mean, just all of it. Kids shouldn't have this. They they shouldn't be hanging out with adults, unsupervised, total strangers, in an environment where. Nobody's watching because that's what happens on social media all the time, let alone if they could be, you know, kept aside on like Instagram kids or something like that, like YouTube kids. Even that's not the truth because the companies have failed to even make that possible. But it's the indiscriminate mixing with adults. I mean, you want your kids just hanging to the park and hanging out at the mall with a whole bunch of adults or, or who knows who. You'd never allow it. I'm going over to somebody's house. Who is it? You don't need to know. How old are they? You don't need to know. What do they believe? You don't need to know. Okay, sure. Have fun. Well, that's social media. But because it's difficult to police and because it's on their phone, their computer, their tablet, you just you just give up. So here we have, um, I'm going to, 
I thought this was so powerful. Amira Fox uh, is the uh, 20th district state attorney and represents the state state attorney organization. I want you to listen to what she had to say. Good afternoon, Mr. Chair and members of the committee. I'm Amira Fox. I'm the state attorney for the 20th Judicial Circuit. Also with me, we have Brian Haas, the state attorney for the 10th Judicial Circuit here today. And we're here in support of what we believe is a very good bill. I'm also here on behalf of the Florida Prosecuting Attorneys Association, all the members of that association, the elected state attorneys in the state of Florida, 19 of us voted unanimously to support this bill. And the reason why is we see firsthand what happens online to children who become victims. This is the breeding ground. Social media is the breeding ground where pedophiles go to look for their victims, where really bad people go to look for their victims. The worst people in our society are horrified at the prospect of not being able to ax Florida's 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9-year-olds. Now you can help them keep doing what they're doing, or you can do what the state attorney's organization says to do. Any one of us could tell you the numerous amounts of cases we have had where victims have been found online, stalked. We had one in our circuit where the person actually flew from out of state to come to the victim's home. Bad things happen online. And unfortunately, the parents oftentimes know that the child is online and that there is some very questionable activity going on, yet we're the ones who have to say to the parents, well, This happened because your child was online. So sometimes parents aren't the best protection for their children when it comes to this kind of matter. And just one last one, because I thought, you know, hearing from her was kind of the, wow, (laughs) you know, kind of not surprising because I know a lot of my law enforcement folks, I wouldn't necessarily say all. I think it's all, but I could be wrong. But when I talk to the law enforcement folks, they're either like, okay, it needs to be really restricted or, yeah, the world would be better off with a ban. Don't let your kids have social media, period. Which we didn't, by the way. We didn't let them have it. They, they they still don't. And they don't care. They don't miss it. They don't care. Not a problem. And we've all seen it. I can tell you that on our human trafficking, child exploitation task forces that we run, children are being targeted right off of social media. That's where pedophiles find their victims. So thank you for allowing us to speak. And we support this very good bill. The real questions on this bill are, it's not whether social media is a net good thing for kids. I mean, it just, it just isn't. It might be a net good thing for a particular kid, but across all children, absolutely not. The real question is whether parents should have the ability to opt in or opt out for their kids. But the problem with that is, just like so many other substances or practices, we decide that certain things are so bad for kids that you can't opt in as the parent. Alcohol, gambling, pornography, for example. But also, um, if you let some parents say yes, the pressure to let way more kids than should be allowed to say yes is going to be, I mean, you can't solve that problem. And then it's going to be a whole other issue of bullying. You know, the cool kids will have social media and their phones and you know, the other kids won't, and you haven't solved anything. So even the um, even the advocates, Tyler Soroy is the one of the two people running the bill, and he says, look, it's not perfect, but we got to address this harm. we got to do something. And it's not perfect. There's going to be flaws. There's going to be people who cheat the system. But in my opinion, if you put this bill into place, what you run the risk of doing 
is significantly helping the mental health of maybe 90% of kids. And you're going to lose some benefits in the process. And they're going to lit- the social media companies are going to lose their minds because they're trying to colonize the next generation. They already have colonized them, and they're going to scream bloody murder about how, you know, you're, they're going to scream about the First Amendment. They're going to scream about parental rights. And what we're going to respond is, we'll see. <laughs> you know? And if we are able to put this into place, and if other states follow, which hopefully they will, maybe at some point the social media companies will change their practices. Maybe. I'm not optimistic about it because they made the product to be digital cocaine. I mean, they made it to be that way. That's how they make money is by making it addictive and stimulating and rewarding and compulsive for kids so that they grow up their whole lives this way. The other argument, and this is maybe the most interesting thing that I hadn't heard anybody say. It's, I think, completely wrong, but somebody made the argument, if you don't give kids access to it, then they won't know how to handle it when they become adults which I'm very sympathetic to. There's a, there's a truth about that in general. You know, the most sheltered kids are the ones who go the most crazy in college, that kind of argument. But we don't buy that argument when it comes to, for example, alcohol or cigarettes. You know, we got to give kids a little bit of tobacco now so that when it's legal for them, they need to know how to handle it. We need to give them a little bit of alcohol now so when it's legal, they know how to handle it. No, what we say is uh, these things are just very, very harmful to their developmental process, and we're just going to ban it for them until they get older. And when they're older, well, yeah, we're going to throw them in the deep end at 18 or 16 or whatever, but that's better than giving it to them at 14 and 13. Just like driving, you know? That's that's the response to that. 437-1620. So this passed overwhelmingly, committee, uh, and it's going to be on third reading today, so the House is going to take this up this afternoon, and we'll find out. Now, the Senate hasn't done anything with this yet, so I don't know what's going to happen there. Um, I don't know that there i mean there's been several bills filed in the senate none of them have really been heard so this could be a case of the senate's waiting for the finished product from the house and then they're just going to adopt that that could happen uh, but i don't know i don't know what's going to happen in the senate in the state of florida uh 524 here on news radio 923 oh and there was a primary yesterday trump won by 10 points and nikki haley stayed in <laughs> which is baffling to me because she is behind by more in south carolina her home state than she was in um, New Hampshire. She's, I think he's got 62 in the most late, recent polling and he's, uh, and she's at in like 30. So if she persists, unless something dramatic changes, she's going to get even more beaten in South Carolina. Uh, so again, I, I, I thought she would drop out yesterday or today. She said, no, we're going on. We're going to keep fighting cause we're getting better. Yeah, maybe, but I don't think it's very much hope for this. 524 on news radio, 92, three informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. Attorney CPA Joe Cordell. Business owners and professionals face special challenges in divorce court. They have to contend with allegations that they are earning more than they are, coupled with claims on their business or practice itself. Clients with assets depend on their divorce lawyer skills in these matters. For matters in Tennessee, visit CordellCordell.com. 200 West Martin Luther King Boulevard, Suite 1000, Chattanooga, Tennessee, 37402. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. The Port of Pensacola is more than just a name. It's a powerhouse of economic opportunities, a strategic location that sparks growth and prosperity, contributing significantly to the local and regional economy with 23 incredible businesses that call this port home. Big names like CMEX Materials, GE Wind Energy, and soon the prestigious American Magic Sailing Team. Since 1754, the Port of Pensacola has been the driving force behind Northwest Florida's economic success. Explore more at portofpensacola.com. 
As a mom, comforting my family is what I do best. Vicks Vapor Stick provides soothing, non-medicated Vicks Vapors in an easy-to-apply stick. And it dries fast, so there's no mess. I use it to comfort myself <sighs> and my family. <sighs> Thanks, Mom. Vicks Vapo Stick, soothing comfort for the whole family. And when you need more comfort for yourself, try Vicks Vapo Shower for steamy Vicks Vapors. Use is directed. Vapo Stick for use ages 4 and up. Vapo Shower use for adults only. It's News Radio Pensacola on 92.3, 95.3, AM 1620, the website, the app, or your smart device. It's news on your terms. I'm a zit. Get it? That boy is a P.I.G. pig. Somebody text me in at 437-1620, but they'd still, like, they, they'd have to get parental opt-in to be on social media, right? No, no, that, like, right now, they're not supposed to be at certain ages. Each platform's a little bit different, um, and they get around this all the time. All kinds of kids have social media accounts that they're not supposed to have right now because the age verification and the, you know, the barriers to them getting entry are so weak. This would totally ban it for 15 and under. Nobody would be allowed to have Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, X, Twitter, you know, whichever you want to call it. Uh, it there is some question about which social media platforms would be banned, uh, you know, and what are the exact parameters of this. I talked about this uh, last couple of days in session, um, and I think some of these details are sort of to be worked out in enforcement, frankly. But, uh, yeah, no, total ban for anybody. Parents cannot opt in, period. End of, end of, end of law. 527 News Radio 923. David's uh, in the newsroom with our headlines. David? You know, I kind of wish they'd ban social media for adults, too. Uh, it's, it's sort of hard to argue that oh. it's a net benefit even for us, I'll, but I'll tell you, like so many other things. Life well, was so you know, much easier before. Oh, my before, God, yeah, but, I know. Uh, former President Trump claiming another primary victory in New Hampshire last night, defeating uh, former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, and Haley says she will not be backing out of the race after losing. Pundits say she'll have to have a respectable finish in South Carolina if she's going to have any shot. A Russian military plane carrying at least 74 people has crashed north of the Ukrainian border. Russia's Ministry of Defense says the aircraft was carrying 65 Ukrainian prisoners of war who were part of uh, some type of a prisoner exchange when the plane went down. And the National Baseball Hall of Fame has announced the inductees for the 2024 class. The list includes Adrian Beltry, uh, Joe Maurer, Todd Helton, and manager Jim Leyland. Oh, Jim Leland got in. All right. I, I had not seen that part of the story, but Adrian Beltre is great. I, I have an Adrian Beltre ball. Really? Yeah. Uh, in the uh, All-Star game in Phoenix, I went to that. And in the home run, I think it was the home run derby warm-ups, I think, is where I caught it uh, in the outfield. So it wasn't a real game ball, but it was one of those like, you know, you're in the left field bleachers and you're, you know, everybody's getting down to the front row and here comes the ball. <laughs> nice. Yes. So uh, he's a fun. He, oh man, he is a fantastic player for the Rangers. So was a plan, fantastic player for the Rangers. All right, David. Thanks so much for the update. Five twenty nine on News Radio ninety two three. Um, oh, those are old stories. I was looking at my show prep. I'm like, that looks like old news. And sure enough, it was. I, I managed to print off the one from last year instead of this year. <laughs> it happens. Hey, coming up at uh, seven to eight this morning, we're gonna have a on air. 
live radio town hall with DC Reeves. So if you have questions for him, you can text them to me. You can, uh, you know, call in, and uh, I I think we'll be able to connect you to talk, you know, with him on the air. I, I think that'll work out pretty good. Uh, we'll just kind of have to see how it goes. But uh, we want to get as many questions answered as possible. So if you have a question, and you can text in it in early, you don't have to wait until then. You know, if you have a question you want to ask the mayor. Uh, and you want to text it to make sure that it gets in, you know, send it to me at 437-1620, and I will we'll go through as many of them as we can get through in an hour. Uh, typically in the past when we've done this, like with Matt Gates, we run out of time long before we run out of questions, which is okay. Uh, you know, but anyway, that'll be um, that'll be from 7 to 8 a.m. this morning. Oh, and there is a vacation rental bill working uh, through the Tallahassee legislature. Every year they try to do something with this. We'll see what happens there. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. When you win Iowa and you win New Hampshire, they've never had a loss. There's never been. So we're not going to be the first, I can tell you. And former President Trump beats Nikki Haley in New Hampshire with about 54% of the vote to her 43. Trump has said he'd beat Haley in a cognitive test. Maybe he would. Maybe he wouldn't. But if he thinks that, then he should have no problem standing on a debate stage with me. And she says the race isn't over. U.S. airstrikes target Iran-backed militias in Iraq, suspected of launching attacks on American troops. Iraq branding these aggressive actions that will lead to irresponsible escalation, adding they undermine years of cooperation between the two countries. U.S. troops in Iraq and Syria have been attacked more than 150 times since the war between Israel and Hamas began. Fox's Jonathan Savage. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning. It's 531 at News Radio 92.3. Cloudy skies this morning, but nice and warm. It is 62 in Pensacola today. Pensacola Mayor D.C. Reeves says the city has now begun discussions over potentially acquiring the old John A. Gibson school building. Reeves says in order to enter negotiations with the district, the Pensacola CRA would have to allow it first. For now, there's no set plan on what the city would actually want to do with the building. Primary focus is on trying to conserve and preserve a building that means a lot to a lot of people here. Um, we don't know if it were to go to the private market. Uh, we don't know what could happen to it, whether it be uh, you know, that it would be demolished or something like that. And Reeves says that building did suffer a lot of damage back in Hurricane Sally. A structural assessment would have to be done on it before the process could begin. Four local men have now completed a 3,000-mile trek of rowing across the Atlantic Ocean. The team from Niceville, brothers Trent, Tim, and Thomas Hamilton, along with their nephew Ben Clark, completed the world's toughest row. It took them 37 days and 11 hours. And in particular at night when the, uh, the winds were, were strong and the seas were incredibly high, uh, waves taller than the length of our boat uh, throwing us around, where what we had was to say, God, we're in your hands. They rode from the Canary Islands to the Caribbean island of Antigua. The four brothers have raised over $45,000 through a nonprofit called Send Relief, which helps refugees from Afghanistan. A bill designed to prevent the removal of historical monuments is now making its way through the legislature. A Senate committee approved the measure yesterday that would stop local governments from removing or destroying statues. It would also give Governor Ron DeSantis the power to suspend officials that violate that order. The move comes as the city of Jacksonville continues its fight over Confederate monuments after the mayor removed one from a city park last month. 
The House version of the bill has not made it to committee yet. A Niceville man awaiting trial on murder charges has now found himself back in jail. U.S. Marshals arresting 60-year-old Brent Bay after he allegedly cut off his ankle monitor. Bay uh, faces charges for the killing of his wife back in 2021, and prosecutors believe that Bay killed the woman, wrapped her up in a rug in the home, and then left the state. In that case, he's charged with manslaughter, failure to report a death and destruction of evidence. He had previously been released on bond and ordered to wear that ankle monitor. He's now in custody in Walton County, awaiting extradition back to Okaloosa County. It is 534. Let's get a look at our Channel 3 forecast this morning. We are going to be seeing a very warm, humid day today. Temperatures starting off in the 60s, highs in the 70s, 60% chance of showers and thunderstorms. Temperatures overnight dropping near 65 degrees. For Thursday, 80% chance of rain with a high near 70 degrees. Thursday night, temperatures dropping near 63. Stay connected to Channel 3 News First Morning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. Thank you very much, Brooke. Right now, cloudy in 62 in Pensacola. 61 in Gulf Breeze, 65 in Milton, our next news at 6 and breaking news anytime it happens. I'm David Wayne, News Radio 92.3. Are you hungry for news that keeps you informed, is local and dependable? Look no further than News Radio Pensacola on 92.3, 95.3, and on AM 1620. We're your trusted source for all the latest happenings in the Emerald Coast. From breaking news to in-depth reports, we've got you covered. Our team of experienced journalists brings you the stories that matter most to our community. Stay connected with local events, weather updates, and traffic reports, ensuring you're always one step ahead. We're News Radio Pensacola. Informative, local, dependable. Hey, this is Dr. Ben McMillan. I do a show on the Pensacola Expert Panel. We talk about your health problems. Let me educate you about the Activator Method of Adjusting, which offers a safe and effective alternative to traditional manual adjustments. So whether you've been hurt in a car accident or been suffering from back or neck pain, chiropractic care could be your solution and not just a temporary fix. Join me this Friday on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Here's what's happening around Pensacola this week. The Milton Mardi Gras Parade is Saturday night, rolling at 5 o'clock from Milton High School. Catch the beads, then join in the after party with food trucks, kids' activities, live music, and more. See crewofairshippirates.com. The third annual Pensacola Pot de Gras event downtown on Garden Street is Sunday from 11 to 4, a day filled with lots of paws and family fun. Visit pensacola.com for more. Submit your events at newsradio923.com. Start your mornings off informed with all things Pensacola on the Pensacola Morning News with Andrew McKay on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. Five thirty-seven here on News Radio ninety-two-three. Informative, local, dependable. By the way, we're expecting storms Thursday, Friday, Saturday. They've actually pushed the Milton Mardi Gras parade off to Sunday because of the anticipated storms over the weekend. So, uh, not big number worry ones on the one to five scale. We're like a one, but still, you know, be aware that the somewhat significant storms are expected for the next few days. Joining us in studio yesterday, we had Sheriff Chip Simmons, as we typically do on a Tuesday. Sheriff, welcome back to the show, sir. 
Good morning, Andrew. How are you? I'm great. Doing great. Um, I definitely want to talk about the Uvalde report with you. But before we get to that, we had two pretty high profile uh, crimes. But so I do not forget before either of those. Last week had several reports of and somebody sent me a picture of Escambia deputies on Three Mile Bridge driving three abreast in all three lanes slow. And I'd never seen that in Florida. I've seen it in California. I've seen like they weave back and forth to shut all five lanes or whatever, but I'd never seen it. And it didn't seem like there was any incident. So I didn't know what was being done. Can you shed any light on the event, the tactic? Is this something we should expect more of? Can you just tell us what's going on? Yeah. You know, but um, I get the word that, that, oh my gosh, people are running drones and this is a picture of deputies running drones. No one's running drones uh, and speed enforcement. And the, the deputies were driving three abreast. I saw the, the video as well. Um, they're going to speed limit. I'm not sure, you know, why people complain about deputies driving the speed limit. Well, that's but slow in, on yeah. Three Mile Bridge. That's well, 40 miles under. It's the speed limit, though, <laughs> yeah, and, and it's just odd that people would call and complain that the deputies were going to speed limit and not letting people pass them. Um, so it's a little odd to me to hear that. But what what they were doing? There's two things, as I understand it. When I, when I did some looking into it, one was they were doing uh, some inspection on the bridge, and they were they were escorting some of the people that were doing the inspection. And the second thing was someone was someone had hired. Uh, the deputies for an escort, and, and and they were they were doing that. We do that. We do escort people all the time throughout okay. town, um, and it's as simple as that. They they hired deputies to do an escort. They they needed the the entire lane. I don't know what they were escorting. To be okay. honest with you, I don't know what equipment it was. But you've seen some of these large large scale equipment. Sure, they were they were paying for it, and the, and the road wasn't stopped. The deputies were going to speed limit, and apparently that irked some some drivers. That that how dare we go? How dare you go forty five on, on the on the bridge? Okay. Um, fair but, enough. but it was no there was no drones involved okay fair and we we had heard this and we were kind of concerned if there had been something but that makes perfect sense as often the story is not much of a story it's not near as exciting as you, <laughs> you right. think uh meanwhile we had two different stories one um as a domestic violence case out of bellevue that started with swat serving an arrest warrant is my understanding is that right well, I think it's the one you're talking about where an individual shot his, uh, I think it was his girlfriend, in the abdomen. Yes, And yes. she went across the street and reported to us, and then we had um, an arrest warrant. Is what, what happened was once we got the information, um, he was a barricaded individual. We went to the house. He was inside the house, and so we treated that as a barricaded okay. situation. Okay, so SWAT was a response after. We set after. perimeter, okay. and then, and then we, and we um, applied for an affidavit for attempted murder because he shot her in the abdomen. Okay. Um, and that's what we did. We we um, we methodically took down the window. We took down the front door. We took down the garage door. We pumped some gas in there uh, all the time trying to make conversation with this individual only to find out that he had taken his own life sometime before, either before we got there or just as we were getting there. And just, I say this, we've said it many times, but I know not everybody hears even for a long time listening, they might have never heard us say this, but SWAT is not there to go Rambo style in busting down doors and shooting people. SWAT, I mean, they can do that, but SWAT is there to save lives and they will wait and patience and delay as long as it takes to do that. Five, 10, 15 hours sometimes, right? I mean, can do. Sometimes. It's rarely going to take that long, but you know, if, if it's a barricade situation where there's no other person inside, mm-hmm. Um, and, and we have time once you get the SWAT team there because, again, the SWAT team, there may be – there's probably a couple of SWAT team members on each shift, so there's always someone there with a, a SWAT element and tactical training, uh, but not necessarily the whole team there. So it could take 40 minutes to get the whole team there, mm-hmm. the Bearcat, the Rook, whatever, whichever one of those, those pieces of equipment that we want. So it, it's the SWAT team does set up the perimeter, and, we did, and part of the SWAT team element is the hostage negotiation or the negotiation team. So we do try to, to make contact with individuals. As you mentioned, we we're, we're, we're certainly would rather the person come out, and most of the time they do. 
most of the time, as soon as SWAT gets there, they they give up. They're they done. they decide you know we're serious about this and and, and they decide. It's and not that's worth great it. news. That is that is life saved. I mean that's the whole point. Yeah. Uh, and we're actually going to come back to that when we talk about the Uvalde case because that distinction between barricaded individual right. versus Something others is made, a right. very important distinction. Uh, there was also a weird, awful, terrible story on 66th Avenue involving I guess the. The son was cutting himself, and the mom tried to stop him, and this wound up in the stepdad killing well, the son. Is that right, or something like this? Sort of. There was, um, again, tragic yeah, situation. Um, there was a uh, what I call elderly uh, mother, and then her 38-year-old son were in, in the house, uh, and so was the mother's boyfriend. Okay, boyfriend. Mother's okay. boyfriend was in another room at the time. Um, mother and son get into an argument. Son decides that he's going to get a knife and start to cut himself. Mother, doing what mothers do, tries to stop her son from hurting himself. Right. Ends up, during that altercation, getting cut herself or stabbed herself. Um, and then the boyfriend comes in to try to help the mother. Yeah. Um, he does the same thing, tries to prevent the 38-year-old from cutting himself. Or, and then uh, the 38-year-old son turns the aggression towards him. And then there's one a single stabbing. Um, and, and the 38-year-old is, is deceased from that from that stab wound. So the investigators get there, and they determined, you know, it, it was reasonable at the time to believe that that individual or another, mm-hmm. um, life was in danger, and, and the, the action was taken was reasonable. So it, it, it went from a trying to help to the person harming himself, turned on the helpers, and then it becomes a self-defense case, and it's a horrible outcome. It's a terrible, ter- tragic outcome, but that's where There's, we're at now. You know, back in the 70s and 80s, I wasn't here in the 70s, but uh, the 80s, there was a lot of suicide attempts, and law enforcement would intervene. Mm. Not necessarily local, but I've heard a lot of, a lot of the training that we went through because I was a SWAT commander for a long time, and we would be called to suicidal threats. Yeah. An individual would have a knife, and, and taking action sometimes causes that, and then we end up having to injure somebody. So law enforcement throughout the country have stopped um, responding to suicidal threats where you're the only one in your house. Uh, we, we, we don't respond like we used to, where we intervene like, like this because, because it endangers the, the law enforcement. That, that, that an individual can get injured, and it, it's just become the standard for, for uh, mm. response. You know, when I read the sort of the summary of the, the things that it pointed out, you know, it, it's hard to see anything that was done right. It seems like they, did, they, they couldn't have, it's like they did, like they almost went out of their way to do things wrong. But I don't know. I'm not a law enforcement officer. I'm not training these things. I know you guys train in these. All the time, you've sadly had to respond to this. And yes, Pensacola shooting, of course. I've seen some of your training when you used to do it at, uh, you know, uh, the old Woodham High School or Woodham Middle School at the time. But um, you tell me your reaction to the uh, Uvalde report. What did you learn? If you learned anything, what did you see? What did you think? Uh, well, I'm disappointed, obviously, in the law enforcement, or if you can call it that, uh, response to the, to the situation. I rev- I reviewed the the report because we always look at these things and critique others so we can critique ourselves. Right. Um, I, I think that we're in a situation where we can talk from experience, unfortunately, um, and and then with all the training and all the stuff that we've done on other other type of situations. Um, um, I think that if you look at the report, the number one thing is they failed to respond. You know, we talk about it all the time. We go to the active shooter. We go to the to the threat. And, and that's, again, we, we, we correlate everything to what happened at NAS. And we went to the threat. We had a couple different teams. We didn't wait until a whole team set up at one door. When you had one or two people there, they said, let's go in. Uh, at the same time, one or two people at another door went in that way because um, – this is a chaotic environment. Yeah. It's they're always chaotic, and and to say that that you have a policy you go A B C D, 
it, to me is is unreasonable. You use it as a guide. You train that way so that it's second nature to you, and and you don't have to think about it as much. You just do it. But the number one thing to do is go to the threat. You don't stop and think, oh, we have a barricaded such such uh, individual in there, and and not go to the threat and try to save lives. And so that's to me that's the number one thing. Had they done that one part, the rest of it would be just just incidental. Um, and, and, you know, to the chaotic environment. Right. So I, I, I'm, I'm rather disappointed in what they've done. I'm surprised. I think at one point there was a police chief from the school and a police chief from an agency that were within 10, 20 feet of each other and never coordinated efforts, never, never talked to each other. It took, I want a park ranger and someone else to come in there and say, Hey, let's go, let's, let's go in this door. Yeah. They waited so many minutes and then they waited, I want to say 40 minutes to get a key to a door. I can tell you at NAS Pensacola, we, we had, in fact, we put videos out every every December the sixth, and, and video is the, some of the radio transmissions, and you can hear different. In hindsight, you can hear descriptions that aren't that aren't valid, that aren't true. Uh, a long gun. You had two different people. We had I think automatic a, weapon fire. Automatic even. weapon. Yeah. You had all these reports coming in, so we didn't know what we were going to run into, but we knew what we were going to go do. We mm-hmm. knew we were going to go inside there. So, but my point is, when you when you start to to look at all these different scenarios. Uh, in intelligence gathering type of, uh, of, of situation, the bottom line is you got to go to the threat. Mm-hmm. You've got to go to the threat and then allow them to do their job. The only exception to that is if you're sure it's a barricaded individual with nobody else to harm. Yeah, we talked a little bit which about is the what one we talked about before that, thing, and which is can. what they say they thought it was, which made no sense given ongoing shots and the nine one one calls and, and everything else. Uh, by the way, I I know your phone was going off. And if you need to check it, your your job as sheriff comes before this interview on the air. <laughs> so if you need to check it, uh, you know, and make sure that it's not an urgent thing, because if it is, we'll let you go and take care of it. You good? Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. Okay, well, right, we had, just to give an idea, we had a, on our way over here, we had a home invasion call go out, just so your listeners can kind of understand. And so, you know, we had our, um, our, our channel on emergency just this morning, just okay. coming in here. So I'm listening to it, home invasion going out on 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 the west side of, of, of town. And so as I'm listening, then come to find out it was some, you know, that they, they, they gave the names of the people that were the home invaders. Mm-hmm. And usually that's kind of, okay, so you know who it is. It could be a domestic situation. It could be, it's still real. We still respond with lights and sirens. Um, then ultimately it was a dispute over money. You know, so the, a lot of times the information we get is not necessarily the information that ends up being. So right. in that situation, we're going to go in there with our guns drawn and, 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 and kick doors in. No, we're going to evaluate the situation as we go. But in the Uvalde situation, getting back to that, you heard gunfire. You right. know that, that this is a real-life situation. You don't need a key. You, you know, to Try to kick a door in, do whatever you can. At NES Pensacola, after the, the, the gunman was, was killed, there were other reports that other people were there. So we had to clear every room. We had to do that in, 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 a, in a tactical way. And, and we, we tore up a lot of doors. And it would have taken them two years to fix the building because of everything that was, that was torn up. Um, you know, but, but you have to do that. You have to make right. sure that that place is safe. You know, I was, I was talking about this earlier um, that what was so f- what I, I realized today, actually, that what's so frustrating about the Uvalde failure is we celebrate law enforcement for your willingness to put your life on the line for me, my family, our friends, the state of society, law and order. But, of course, built in that is the expectation that when that is needed, that's what you do. And so we love the fact that you do that for us and honor it rightly so. And when that's not done, it's, you know, that love is uh, betrayed, you know, is what it looks like. I did want to, just before we let you go, I wanted to ask you a, um, uh, about the information flow, because that was one of the other parts of this report is 
people were told their kids were alive and their kids were not, or they were taken to the wrong places. And there, there was all kinds of failures after even the event was over managing the casualties. And I wanted to see if you had any thoughts about what can we learn from that. Well, and, and you always think about that. Again, this is not anything new. That, that is something you have to consider. We go to training all the time, and we and we go over the Pulse nightclub shooting. Mm-hmm. There's there's a couple in California that we've gone over. Even as far back as Columbine, we, we go over those things, and we step by step. What did you know beforehand? What did you miss? Mm-hmm. And then what happened when you first got there? And then and then after that, what you did when you got there, you know, the action that you t- you've taken, and then the post-incident uh, uh, response. The setting up the 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 um you know the the, the incident location the the re, the what the, the place where they can come and reunite with their with their loved ones so there's all of these things that you got as again as a checklist but but again it's easy to teach a class it's easy to talk about something but you have to understand that every environment is going to be chaotic mm-hmm. and every environment is going to be a little bit different so if you train to do just to me you have to do a couple of things you train to go to the to the threat. Um, no matter what what takes place, and again, uh, if you can, if you see another guy going with you, hey, come with me. Let's go to this door. And and what it takes is leadership, and it not, doesn't take leadership necessarily from the sheriff or the police chief. Mm-hmm. It takes leadership from the person that's there at the scene. And as as uh, you know, my, my my chief deputy says, yeah, if one person had a, had a said, let's go inside, then then others would have followed. You right. hope, you know, right. it's not one of those things where you say, let's go inside, and you find yourself by yourself. Um, that's not that's not that's not a good thing. Uh, but again, you you can say, hey, let's let's go. We know what's going on. You what you do in, in law enforcement response. And I'm assuming this happens in the military, although I haven't been in a war situation. Um, you get not tunnel vision, but you you get in a zone where what you're going to do. You know what your job is, is is like. You don't necessarily hear the gun the gunfire. I've I've been in situations where where the gun you know gunfire is exchanged and you don't really hear it because you have a job to do. Hmm. You're ultra focused on this one thing. So if it, it takes just that one leader. To say, let's we're going in this door. We're going to save these kids at any risk, and and that's what we did at NAS Pensacola, and and that's what I wish they would have done at, at Uvalde. Absolutely, Sheriff Chip Simmons, sir. Thank you for keeping us safe. Thank you for training to keep us safe, and thank you for sharing some time with us this morning. You know, I always appreciate it, sir. You bet. Y'all take care. All right, we'll see you next week. Absolutely. And by the way, for people who are interested, uh, you know, tomorrow we normally have Mike Wood from the uh, Pensacola Police Department. We're actually going to speak with um, uh, Chief Randall. And uh, in part, we're going to talk about this. We'll probably talk about red light cameras, talk about the probably the panhandling ordinance and a bunch of stuff. But so at 738 tomorrow on Thursday, we'll talk to Chief Randall. Today, all through the seven to eight hour, we're going to be talking to D.C. Reeves. So if you have questions for him, it's the whole point is for you to ask questions. So if you have questions you want to bring up with the mayor of Pensacola, uh, text them into me at 437-1620. Feel free to text them now. I'm going ahead and add them to my list now. Uh, or you can text later or call in later, you know, whatever you prefer to do. That's uh, totally up to you, whatever you're most comfortable with. But that'll be today at, at 7, 8. And, you know, if you can't listen live, which we, of course, hope you do, we'll always have the podcast uh, on the podcast page. Uh, assuming the recording works, which it usually does, but, you know, just saying. Better to catch it live, but if you can't, you know, you can't in advance. It's okay. We understand everybody's got schedules and jobs and stuff like that, obviously. Uh, Frontier Motors is uh, the place to go to start. If you're thinking about that next vehicle, you want a good quality, almost new car, one, two, three years old, low miles, good condition, you know, really good, like A-quality cars. That's really all they sell. And part of the reason is because they stand behind the cars and they don't want to have to stand behind something that's not worth standing behind, right? So they're, you want a car that you don't have to worry about, they want to sell you a car that you don't have to worry about, and that's what they specialize in. And they've got a whole bunch all in one place. It's kind of the buffet of good quality, almost new cars. You go there and there's 300 or so on the lot, trucks, vans, SUVs, sedans, 
you know, minivans, Jeeps, okay? And you can drive a bunch of different ones and sample a bunch of different styles of the kind you want. I even recommend you sample one that's outside of your category because maybe yeah, just for fun, you know, maybe you never thought you'd be into owning a truck. I don't know, drive a truck. Maybe you've never driven one. Drive one, find out. Nope, not for me. Okay, cool. <laughs> you know, you learn something. Or you're like, oh. <laughs> I mean, you know, like that could happen. I don't know. But that's the point. Take advantage of the opportunity. You're already there. Might as well try something different, right? Frontier Motors serving the Pensacola community for more than 25 years. Right behind the big buffalo on Beverly Parkway. Be sure to tell them Andrew McKay says hi. Join the Pensacola Expert Panel today at 1030 as Bess Marks from Lazy Boy Gulf Coast joins the show and talks about Lazy Boy's upcoming events at all three Gulf Coast locations, Pensacola, Spanish Fort, and Mobile. How to incorporate Lazy Boy's free in-home design service with recliners, sofas, accessories, and artwork to make your home look just like a picture out of a magazine. Text or call in your questions from the Pensacola Expert Panel at 850-437-1620, weekdays from 9 to 11 on News Radio 92.3. Secret offers, guaranteed returns, over-the-top promises that you too can make fast money. These are all red flags that you should be wary of when looking at investment opportunities. Visit Florida's Office of Financial Regulation website 24-7 to learn what questions to ask before you invest. Remember, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Visit flofr.gov to learn more. This message is sponsored by the Florida Office of Financial Regulation, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station. Need urgent care or a walk-in clinic? Go to ProHealth. Post-accident physical to access your pet money? Go to ProHealth. Drug test? DNA testing? Go to ProHealthFL.com. Affordable lab work or primary care? Go to ProHealth. An affordable Ozempic medical weight loss program? ProHealth is your answer. Does your child need a camp or a sports physical? Only $40 at ProHealth. ProHealth never requires a doctor's order or an appointment. Just walk right in one of their seven locations. Also at ProHealthFL.com. Pensacola right now with Joe and Austin. 4 to 7 on News Radio Pensacola. Informative, local, dependable. This incident is going down on your permanent record. Lights go down, it's dark The jungle is your head Can't rule your heart I'm feeling so much stronger than I thought your eyes are white And though your soul can't be bought Your mind can wonder I want to congratulate Donald Trump on his victory tonight He earned it And I want to acknowledge that Now you've all heard the chatter Among the political class They're falling all over themselves Saying this race is over so her supporters are telling her it's not over keep fighting keep going and nikki haley though losing by uh what 11 points last night uh, i had said 10 i said uh, 45 or said 55 to 45 i think it was in the end it was uh just a little bit uh, uh maybe a little less than i forget now which way it went but it was you know very very close to that and i i figured she'd drop out i figured if you lose by 10 in a state where you know, you were expecting to at least draw even. Like, if you'd been even, just stay in. Sure, fine. Okay, but looking ahead to South Carolina, she's farther behind in her home state, South Carolina. So I still think it's likely she's going to get out before South Carolina. But you never know. She says they're uh, first in the nation but not last. And uh, next is my home state, and they got all rah-rah. Uh, Trump, meanwhile, 
Trump, meanwhile, um, spent most of his time uh, talking about how stupid it was for Nikki Haley to give a speech that uh, she didn't win the primary. I have to tell you, it was very interesting because I said, wow, what a great victory. But then somebody ran up to the stage all dressed up nicely when it was at 7. But now I just walked up and it's at 14. But, but she ran up when it was 7. And, you know, we have to do what's good for our party. And she was up and I said, wow, she's doing uh, like a speech like she won. She didn't win. She lost. And, you know. And? <laughs> I mean, I don't, you know, okay. Whatever. Um, I, 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 whatever. <laughs> I just, you know. Sometimes you just have to look at the world and say, well, here we go. Okay. Uh, David Wayne is in the newsroom with our headlines. David? Convicted murderer Kenneth Eugene Smith is set to be executed in Atmore tomorrow for the second time. If the execution is carried out, he'll be the first person in the world on death row to uh, be put to death with nitrogen gas. He survived that previous botched attempt in 2022. North Korea reportedly firing missiles off its west coast. South Korean and U.S. officials released a statement saying multiple multiple cruise missiles were fired into, into the sea early on Tuesday. Uh, they say they're monitoring further activities. All right, David, thanks so much for the update. 5.59 on News Radio 92.3. Oh, you want to put this in your just funny things that happen in the world story? The editor of the Los Angeles Times has written an opinion piece. I guess it's technically an editorial. Anyway, in which he says, okay, look, I understand that a lot of you are leaving California, but could you please stop bad-mouthing us as you leave? <laughs> could you not? He says, if you want to go, go, but stop saying such mean things about us. <laughs>